The Z-Ball podcast is a casual conversation that occasionally delves into mature subjects and may contain vulgar adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Z-Ball Podcast on a Wednesday night in South Texas. As usual, we have our Scorching Six. We're going to be doing Week 11 this week, but also some touching, uh, some pressing NBA topics, so we'll get into that. So joining me today, I got two guests, both from uh, Southern California, Akshay and Rebound. What up, guys? How's it going? What's up, bro? How are you, man? Doing well. Uh Got some good good NBA stuff going, and but as usual, we got uh, six games on the Week 11 slate, so we'll get straight into it. Rebound, how's it going? I'm good, Z-Ball. How are you doing? Doing well, so let's just get straight into the Week 11 matchups. First, yeah, first game, we got Dallas going on the road to take on the Falcons, and get the home team Falcons giving three and a half. What do you think, rebound? Uh, so we got the four and five Cowboys coming off an amazing road win. You know, I didn't expect that. I don't think anyone did. They're beating the Eagles twenty-seven twenty on Sunday night. I didn't. I didn't watch the game. Dak played okay. I looked at the stats. Zeke had a huge game, and then we got the four and five Falcons coming off an awful road loss, twenty-eight sixteen versus the Browns. Uh, I did, like I said, the Cowboys played well. It was, this was their first road win. I got to give them credit. It was a divisional game, so it was heated. But uh, the Falcons have been completely awful, but a lot, a lot of injuries. But Matt Ryan just plays really good at home. And I'm going to swallow the three. I think this is the easiest pick of the week. And I'm taking the Falcons because no way in hell are the Cowboys winning back-to-back games. And these are both on the road. No way in hell. All right, Akshay, what do you think about this one? You know what? I have to agree with Rebound here. I don't think the Cowboys are going to win back-to-back games. Uh, I know the Falcons have been in the dump lately, but Matt Ryan, I have to agree. You know, Rebound said he plays extremely well at home. Uh, I'm going to cover this, too. Uh, I say Falcons win by uh, a field goal. Okay. This, uh, I'm going to agree with you guys here. Uh I'm going to swallow the three and a half as well and take the Falcons in this one. I think they're going to put up a lot of points here. I'm going to go 35-24 Falcons in this one. And with that, we'll go on to game number two. AFC South divisional battle. Got the Tennessee Titans taking on the Colts. And we got the Colts at home in this one and giving two and a half. What do you think, Akshay? I definitely have to go with the Colts, dude. Uh, I think there's a certain resurgence with the Colts. I mean, Andrew Luck is playing extremely well. Uh, their running game is not that bad. I mean, giving up 2.5 points is really not that bad. I know Tennessee's been sort of, I guess, uh, up and down lately. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to go with the home team here. I'm going with the Colts. Uh, I-, I say this is going to be, I think Colts win by at least a touchdown. 
Okay, Rebound, what do you think about the Titans-Colts? Titans coming off a big win versus the Patriots, a blowout yeah, win. Like you just said, Titans 5-4 and four coming off a big win. Another another game that nobody freaking expected. I mean, even if they won, nobody expected them to win by 24 against the Patriots. Then we got the Colts coming off a three-point victory versus the Jaguars at home. The Titans have been clicking lately. Their offense has played well. I mean... Deion Lewis has stepped it up, and then you got Corey Davis playing well, Mariota. They also have a great defense. Colts, on the other hand, just have been playing well, as Che mentioned. They're on a three-game winning streak. Their offense has been clicking lately. Andrew Luck has just been playing really, really well this season. He finally got a good running back in Marlon Mack, and they have an amazing O-line. But the D has been awful, but... As I mentioned about Matt Ryan playing well at home, Andrew Luck plays well at home, and I'm going to agree with Akshay, uh, and uh, I think I'm going to swallow the two, and I see them winning by a touchdown. Okay. Uh, over here, can we pretty much uh, already give the Comeback Player of the Year award to Andrew Luck rebound? Uh, yes, I think so. I think so. Shay, can you vouch for that? I agree as well, bro. I agree. Okay, yeah, going in the matchup, uh, Colts laying two and a half. Uh, I'm going to agree with you guys on this one as well. Swallow the two and a half with the Colts. These are usually uh, close-type matchups between these two teams the past couple seasons. Somewhere usually between a, within a touchdown or so. So I think that's they're going to another game like that here. And I think the Colts are going to come out on top. I'm going to go 28-24 Colts in this one. And we got agreement on the first two. And we'll move on to game number three, another early afternoon game. We got the Redskins at home, six and three, hosting the Texans, winner, winners of six straight. And the road team Texans are minus three in this one. What do you think, Rebound? Yeah, so both teams six and three. We got the Texans coming off a of bye week. The last game was versus the Broncos where... Brandon McManus missed the game-winning field goal, and they won 19-17. Then we got the Redskins coming off a win on the road versus the Bucks, 16-3. I watched the Texans game, the last one they played. They looked good, even on the road. Obviously, it was a tough game. It was Demarius Thomas going up against the old team. He had three receptions for 61 yards, all in the first quarter. And then you got... Wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins is the top five wide receiver. He had a big game. But their running game has just been struggling as of late. I don't know what's going on with Lamar Miller. Alfred Blue, Alfred Blue led, the, led them with carries, 15 carries for only 39 yards. Then we got Washington on the other hand. I don't think anyone expected them to be where they are at 6-3. I definitely didn't. Last week, offense didn't play well. Uh, Alex Smith is being who he is, just giving the short passes and leading the team. Also, Adrian Peterson has been playing well, but he didn't play well last week. And But their defense has really stepped it up last week, only giving up three points, getting two interceptions and two fumble recoveries. So I, I really like Washington here, and I expect them to win the division. So I'm taking the Redskins plus three. Okay, those are all good points there. Uh, Akshay, who are you taking here? Um, you know what, this one, bro, is 
got a tough call for me. Um, initially, I would think I, I take Houston because it, the game's being played in Houston and Houston defense. But I'm going to agree with a rebound Actually, here. It's in Washington, Shay. It's, it, it's in DC. Yeah. My bad. DC. Okay. Cool. Yeah, but um, this one, I'm I'm going with rebound, bro. Uh, I think uh, Washington takes this. I just think that um, they're playing Washington. Houston's been up and down. I mean, like you said, rebound is their running game. I don't know what's even there. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how they're going to run the ball. You know, I don't. Washington has a good defense, so I my picks um, is with the Redskins. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this one here. I mean, the Redskins. I mean, just have really struggled the past couple of weeks to generate touchdown drives, and I. I mean, I don't know how. I don't see them really doing much of that against this Houston defense, which has really emerged the past three or four weeks or so. So, I mean, Washington struggled against the Tampa defense, which is kind of average, I guess. So uh, I see them struggling again offensively. So this is the first one I'm going to have to disagree with both of you guys on. I'm going to take the, the road team, swallowing three points in this one. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go 27 to 20 Texas, Texans in this one. And I think they win their seven straight. So, first one we all we disagree on. You, Akshay and Rebound agree on all three first ones. So, we'll move on to game number four. It'll take us into the late afternoon window. And this is probably the hottest team in the league, the Saints at home. Winners of eight straight. Hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. And giving eight points at home. What do you think, Akshay? You know, I have to... Uh, eight points is a lot, bro. Uh, but uh, I'm going with the Saints. I think they've been on a tear lately. I mean, Drew Brees, dude, he's been on fire. I know they have a good running game with Kamara. Ingram has been playing real well, too. Uh, their receivers are Michael Thomas. You have the other guys. I know they're the, they signed up uh, Des Bryant, but then he yeah, appears he tore his... Uh, well, his Achilles, I believe, in the, in the first practice. Yeah, that's so, so he's out. But I, but I know they're looking at um, Marshall now, possibly making a trade for him. Uh, so, they signed Brandon Marshall they yesterday. Yeah. So. yeah <laughs> <Brandon>. <laughs> what do I know, dude? <laughs> so wow, dude. I mean, you're adding more offense to an already good offensive team, you know, and Drew Brees is probably licking his chops now, dude. I mean, he has so many weapons to go after, you know, so I'm definitely going with the Saints. I think the Saints, uh, I actually think they win by two touchdowns. All right, Rebound, what's your take on this one? Yeah, so Eagles been a complete disappointment this season, four and five coming off a terrible road loss versus the Cowboys, as I mentioned earlier, then we got... The 8-1 Saints coming off a blowout win on the road versus the Bengals. Eagles just don't look the team they are, especially on defense. I mean, Wentz has been all right. They had a Jai go out for the season. Now their run game is just a mess. They have Smallwood, Sproles, and Corey Clement. It's just a mess. Then on the passing game, you got Alshon, Zach Ertz, and they traded for Golden Tate. Hopefully that will help them. And the Saints, on the other hand, just looked amazing so far. And as Akshay mentioned, Drew Brees is having a career year. And Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, just tearing it up. 
the only the only bad thing for the Saints is their pass D. Their rush D is pretty good. I'm definitely going to swallow the eight, and I think they win by fourteen. Uh, I agree with Akshay. Okay, man. I don't know what's what's in the water today. You and Akshay are agreeing a lot, so. <laughs> I know, dude. <laughs> but maybe it, maybe it's maybe it's because we're not talking basketball, but we'll we'll save that for later. But uh. Yeah, the Saints just rolling right along, and the Eagles showing the classic signs of a Super Bowl hangover. Uh, I mean, they lost to the Cowboys last week, the lowly Cowboys at home. Uh, that was definitely probably the low point of the, the Eagles season thus far, as bad as it's been. And then the Saints, uh, obviously, Kamara's uh, going on all cylinders. Drew Brees is in the hunt for MVP, probably top three for sure. And, I mean, Michael Thomas has emerged as one of the top five receivers in the league. And, I mean, they're just clicking all cylinders, like you guys said. So, eight points is a lot to swallow. But for the fourth game this week, uh, I'm going to swallow the points with the home team. I agree with you guys. I'm going to go 37-21 to 21 New Orleans in this one. And we'll all agree on that one and move on to game number five. The Sunday night game, the first uh, flex Sunday night game of the season, the NFC North battle, get the Bears leading their division, taking on the second place Vikings, and the home team Bears laying two and a half. Rebound, what do you think? Yeah, so another team no one expected to be where they are, six and three Bears coming off a win versus the Lions. The Vikings 5-3-1 and one coming off a of bye week last game was versus the Lions where they won comfortably 24-9. Bears have been looking really good on both sides of the ball. You know, Trubisky has been playing lights out. Some say that's just because of the coach's system, but he's looked good. But uh, their running game hasn't looked good too good. Uh, Jordan Howard has regressed. Tarek Cohen looks better than Howard in my opinion. Then wide receivers have been good, solid. You got Robinson, Anthony Miller, Taylor Gabriel, and then the tight end you got Trey Burton. And then their defense just looks amazing with Khalil Mack. And Vikings on the other hand have also looked good. And both wide receivers have looked really good. Adam Thieland, he's almost at a thousand yards. He's killing it. Then we got Stephon Diggs also playing well. Uh, Latavius Murray has filled in pretty well for Dalvin Cook, but Dalvin Cook is going to be back. He is back. So both teams are even, but the one thing I looked into these games is the Bears haven't beat anyone over 500. So I think the Vikings win this one, and I'm taking the Vikings plus two and a half. All right. Akshay, where are you going on this one? This one, I'm going to go the opposite way, bro. Um, this is my first one where you go opposite. Uh, I went with the Bears. Uh, I just think it, it's tough to win at, at Soldier Field in Chicago. I mean, the weather there is so un- unpredictable. Um, I, I like the Bears' defense. You know, I like Mac. I like uh, their very uh, disruptive defense. They can get to the quarterback quickly. Um, if they can do that consistently against the Vikings, I, I can totally see them winning the game. I mean, uh, their wide receivers are actually playing really well. Trubisky is, you know, I, I, I mean, I never saw this coming from it. I mean, uh, him playing this well, you know, it just to me, it's it's crazy. You know, maybe the the, the Bears when they're picking up in the draft, uh, 
that was one of the things I, I was wondering, why did you pick up this guy? But now it sort of makes sense. Maybe he's he's a good fit for that Chicago area, you know, for the Chicago Bears. So okay, this one, I, I'm going the other way. I think Bears win. Uh, I think they, they take it by um, a touchdown. Okay. Yeah, this one, I mean, yeah, the Bears, obviously, defensively, they've been back to their identity, which they had success in. That's pretty much what's been uh, carrying them. And obviously, Trubisky has had uh, quite a few uh, really spectacular performances. But this one, I, I like the Vikings in this one on the road, getting two and a half. I'm going to agree with the rebound here. I think Kirk, Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen both have big games in this one. And I'm going to take the Vikings to win outright. Plus two and a half. 27 to 24 Vikings in this one. Alright. So with that, we'll move on to the last game on week 11 slate. It's the game we've been all been waiting for all season. The two of the three best offenses in the league. Two of the best offensive minds in the league. And Andy Reid and Sean McVay. A plethora of offensive weapons on both sides with Mahomes, Goff, Todd Gurley, Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt, Kelsey... Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, you name it. The whole works. Uh, the game was originally scheduled to be playing in uh, Mexico City at histori- historic Estadio Azteca, but due to some cl- complaints about the the condition of the field and the dangerous conditions, the game has now been moved back to the Rams' home stadium at the Coliseum in L.A. And in this one, we got the home team Rams... 9 and 1 taking on the Chiefs which are also 9 and 1 and the Rams are giving 3 and a half in this one. Rebound, what's your take on this one? Yeah, as you mentioned, both teams 9 and 1. Both look amazing, both high-powered offenses. And the Chiefs have looked great only lost at New England. Uh Mahomes is playing lights out for probably the MVP. Hunt is doing great. They also, and then they're receiving core with Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins, who's questionable, and also probably the top tight end in the league, Travis Kelsey. But their defense is really bad, and it's pretty much same goes with Rams. Their offense is great with Gurley, Goff, uh, Woods, Cooks. Unfortunately, Cooper Cup tore his ACL and is done for the season. And their defense is bad, even though they have so many big-name players, such as Sue, Aaron Donald. They also added Dante Fowler in it before the trade deadline. And this this is the highest over-under in NFL history at 63.5. So we're going to see a shootout on Monday night. It's going to be a great Monday night game. It's a really tough one, but I think I'm going to go with the Chiefs plus 3.5. I don't see home field really affecting it because in L.A. there's not that many Rams fans. And when you go to the, if you go to the game, it feels like an away game. So I'm going to take the Chiefs plus three and a half. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Akshay, who are you going on with this one? You know, this one, uh, initially when they were undefeated, uh, I had much of, um, how would I say, <laughs> I had some interest in this game, and now I don't really care because they both have one loss. That preserves the 1972 Miami Dolphins perfect season. So, <laughs> so uh, I don't have as much interest in anymore. But uh, if I were to choose one, uh, I know the Rams have been... I mean, both teams have been scary, dude. I mean, uh, the Chiefs are 
And they look unstoppable on offense. Rams look unstoppable on, on offense. Chiefs' defense is questionable at times. Rams' defense also questionable. Uh, it's going to be high scoring. Um, as Rebound mentioned, Cooper Cup is out for the game. Um, if I had to choose, Rams are favored by 3.5. I would go with Chiefs. I think their offense is uh, it's just clicking much, uh, much, much faster than the Rams is, or much greater than the Rams is, to be correct. I say Chiefs win this, and uh, I think Chiefs win this by uh, a touchdown. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely going with the over on the 63 and a half. But as far as the game, I think the Rams will win the game, but I'm going to agree with you guys and take the Chiefs plus three and a half. Um, I think the Rams will win by three. I'm going to go 41-38 Rams, but the Chiefs cover the plus three and a half, and I think that the difference for the Rams winning this game, I think they'll be able to get a defensive stop in a crucial moment due to their effective pass rush with Sue, Fowler Jr., Donald, Brockers. I think that's kind of where the, what separates them in this game, in my opinion. And I think that will be the difference late in the game. They'll make a big play, in my opinion, and the Rams will come out with the win, in my opinion, and go to 10-1. and But I'll, I'm going to take the Chiefs here for sure and agree with you guys. Chiefs plus three and a half is the pick for all three of us. So we'll end uh, the Scorching Six agreeing on that game all around for plus three and a half. But with that, uh, usually we, we call it a night here, but we've got some pressing uh, NBA topics, like I mentioned. Uh, like we mentioned before, uh, Jimmy Butler for sure was going to get traded at some point, and that point has now come just last Saturday. He got dealt to the Philadelphia 76ers for Dario Saric, Robert Covington, and a 2022 second-round pick. So we'll start off with Akshay. What's your initial thoughts on the trade, and how do you think uh, Butler fits in with the young nucleus in Philly led by Embiid and Simmons? It went up into the wildfires, bro. I thought we were going to talk about the fires going on here in Southern California. Right? <laughs> that was on the text, bro. What the wildfires that you sent me? Yeah, Zeeball, what's going on? Wildfires, man. You know, they're more, I think they're more important than the games going on right now. I agree. We need to stop this right now and get to the fires. This is affecting so many lives, so many exactly, people. Bro. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. You go ahead, Shay. You start out with the fire. I think it's crazy, bro. I mean, these wildfires, just, it's amazing, man, uh, how many acres got burned in the Malibu fire. Now you have the fire, um, and then it flipped over to the uh, uh, the fire in Chatsworth, you know, right off a Rocky Point and the 118. Yeah, that was pretty crazy, dude, because my parents lived for almost... Yeah, I hope like, your parents are okay, Shay. Yeah, like, yeah. Right? They were, I mean, nothing happened, but it was really cool. I mean, it was crazy, dude, because... Did you evacuated? Like, Oh, no, no, no. They didn't evacuate, but uh, they, uh, it, you had the uh, Topanga, uh, the 118 was closed. Topanga uh, to uh, DeSoto, and uh, like my dad was, uh, he didn't even know about it. He, he was driving home from, from somewhere, and I called him. I told him, dude, there's a fire there. And he's like, um, and he was stuck on the freeway for some time, but he eventually made it home. But it's just crazy, yeah. dude, these fires. It's just, it's amazing, man. I mean, it's, I mean, thank God. It's, I mean, obviously... Uh, it, it, it's not as bad because a lot of people, um, it didn't, uh, I mean, a lot of people got uh, homes destroyed and whatnot, but the amount of deaths is a lot less than I thought it would be. 
which is, I, I think it's uh, a godsend in a way, but it, but you know what I mean, do these fires, and now there's a fire in what, uh, 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 there's another fire started up, right? I, I forget what city. But it, it just crazy. No, not see me. There's, there's another fire which happened uh, recently. I was looking at the news. Uh, it, it, it's somewhere close by. It's, it's not close by here, but it's, uh, what city is that? Yeah, I gotta take a look. I don't recall right now, but uh, it's just a third fire right now. And then, but it's just crazy, like dude. More I than mean, five fires going on. There's like Malibu, yeah. Thousand Oak. Uh, there was Woodland, it was, it was Gang towards Woodland Hills, Chatsworth, yeah. Valley. There's one in Northern California, which is, uh, I believe, the worst one in California history, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. That's one there, correct. Uh, there's another one, they even said, uh, oh wow, now they're saying a third victim was linked to the Wolfie Fire was, uh, was discovered near Agoura Hills. You know, it's just crazy, dude. I mean, all the stuff that's going on and... The shooting at uh, at um, uh, the, the club in, in uh, yeah the bar in uh, in um, uh, Hills, you know it, it, it just hits hard, dude. Because I've been to that bar, you know, and uh, it's like it, it sort of hit home when I heard about it. All the people dying. I mean, guys, it's unfortunate, dude. It, obviously, it comes down to gun control. And that's not all. The, that's a whole other topic, but it's just it's scary, dude. I mean, all these fires and all what's happening. But yeah, man, it's just, uh, it's, it's scary, dude. Hopefully, hopefully they can fix everything in, uh, as soon as possible. And then everybody gets, uh, I mean, all the people who are affected, they're, they're able to rebuild their lives. Because now, there's, I heard about even looting, dude. It's just crazy. Uh, I read a story today. There was uh, a family that in Agoura Hills uh, that lost their house. And then they packed everything into the car. And they came to... Uh, Encino, right on Manchula Boulevard. It's like right next to my hospital, where the hospital I work at, and the car got looted in the parking lot. So it's just horrible, dude. I mean, how do you lose someone's car in the parking lot when they go through all when they're already going through all this? You know, um, they found out who the people were. They found the car, uh, but uh, um, but but the, but the fact that they got looted, it just uh, it's very sad. Yikes! Yeah, uh, chaos all around. Uh... As far as I lived in California, probably the worst event when I was living there was probably the 94 quake, just in terms of damage, chaos, just of how much stuff, panic happened. Does this rise to that level, Akshay and Rebound, with you guys kind of being there in the middle, in the midst of things? Does, do these fires kind of rise to that level? Do we, are we getting that same kind of feel as the 94 earthquake? I think so, bro. I mean, I think so. Because the 94 earthquake, I was right there. I mean, my parents at that time lived in Northridge. So we were like, a half map of an episode of the quake. And um, and it was, it was crazy, dude. I mean, we went after, um, my parents and I after, uh, we made a show, I think it was cool at our place. Uh, luckily, it was, um, our place didn't get affected as much as others because our house was actually built on bedrock. Uh, the lot that we had uh, was the house was built on bedrock, so it didn't shake as much. But, but we went around the area trying to help people when we needed help. And then it just uh, some of the houses we saw, which it was just crazy, dude. It's extremely crazy. I mean, this fire, yes, it, I mean, it's, it's obviously a bad thing, but I think the quake uh, was more effect, I mean, was more harmful 
because the, the quake hit, um, hit all over. And then it's like, uh, I mean, people's houses collapsed. You know, multiple houses collapsed and whatnot. Here, at least the, the fire is in specific areas, and then um, the fire the firefighters can sort of, uh, if they can get in, they can divert the fire, they can uh, try to take it out. But a quake, there's nothing stopping it. It's going to come, it's going to do its damage, it's going to go. So, yeah, man, I mean, uh, that's what I think. Okay. I mean, yeah, just watching it from here in South Texas on the news and stuff, it really hit home with me at first when I saw the the pictures of, I, I believe there's a ton, a tunnel that runs from off the 101 off of, I think, Malibu Creek Road up into, if you take that tunnel west, and you can take it into Malibu. I saw that tunnel completely destroyed and full of fire. So that kind of just hit hit home with me because that's a tunnel that I've passed through quite a few times. And that's just really like when it really sunk in for me that these fires are really taking a drastic effect on Southern California where I grew up and where a lot of my family and my friends are still live like both of you guys. So in regards to that, uh, we've been seeing quite a bit of fires the last couple of years in California. And <laughs> your buddy uh, Trump rebound uh, is blaming the forest preserves for not uh, managing the forest properly for this one. So, I mean, what what's your reaction to his tweets in regards to this situation, do you think he's done a good job of leading in, in regards to that or not? He always does a great job. Preach Donald Trump. Preach President Trump. So what What do you think that... What was that, Akshay? I hope you're, uh, you're joking. You're saying that uh, he's done a great job, Trump. Am I right? Is that what you said? That's president. Oh, this guy, dude. I I don't know. I think I think he's one of the worst presidents ever. <laughs> Trump. <laughs> uh, that guy. Is going. That, that's no, I just hmm? put some respect on his name. <laughs> I think Trump's one of the worst presidents. Dude. A fire chief here said called him an idiot. <laughs> and the fire union chief, he said, "You're an idiot." <laughs> the Trump, because it's, it's, I don't know, dude, I mean, he, 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 did you hear what happened recently? I mean, on Veterans Day, this guy didn't even go to uh, the cemetery to honor the veterans, see, because it was raining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Aside, uh, he, that, that was pretty ridiculous, like, you gotta go to, you gotta go to the cemetery, whether it's raining or not. Yeah, that, that was really bad look for him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I totally agree, dude. I think these fires are, I mean, unfortunately for California, at this time of the year, it, there is considered, it's like fire season, uh, where most of this used to happen, and it, it happens because of the, uh, I mean, here, the rain hasn't come in since uh, for a while. Um, it's it's got to be the Santa Ana yeah, winds right? in full effect, I mean, right? Yeah, Santa Ana winds, yeah. Oh, yeah, the Santa Ana winds, bro. It's like at my parents' house every year, dude. Even probably a sod's place, but out of hills, though they're crazy. The winds, yeah. and they go. I mean, every night, 
I just, I mean, growing up in Southern California, I can't really remember, like, a, a stretch of crazy fires like this. I mean, there's always been fires every summer and stuff, but nothing to this extent where it's it's just been, like, fire after fire for two, three consecutive years, if I'm not mistaken. And it usually comes around, like you said, around the, these months, September, October, November. So uh, is this a sign of things to come for California, and how do they effectively manage this moving forward? I think it's uh, is I don't think it, it's a, a sign of things to come. I think it just happens with the territory moving forward. I think they have to be more. Uh, the state has to be more careful in the um, in the areas that are being affected with, with the dry brush and all. They should have more. Um, I guess more ways they can come in and, and clear the brush before the season starts. You know, or plant like artificial turf or, or, or something in, in the areas that can help prevent these things you know unfortunately you can't stop the heat here you know the heat's going to come heat's going to go but it's uh i think in this fire uh, i think it was you saying it's possible there was a electrical it was caused by uh, a power line going down so i don't know dude we have to wait and see what happens on that but uh i mean the way to be preventive is you have to just be just be careful you know i mean whatever the areas are dry i mean try to clean it up try to try to do something to make that not that that anything on the ground is not going to burn okay yeah fair enough i'm just terrible news all around i mean in southern california and i mean condolences to all of the families who lost uh loved ones in in this tragic incident and hopefully california can get it contained and people can go back to their normal lives and, and be safe hopefully but uh, I guess with that, I mean, go ahead. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I guess uh, going back, I guess we wanted to discuss some NBA topics. So obviously the first one domino that fell that we obviously knew was going to happen at some point was the Jimmy Butler trade. He was dealt on last Saturday to Philadelphia for – Robert Covington, Dario Saric, and a second-round pick in 2022. So we'll start with you, Akshay. What's your initial thoughts on the trade? Do you think it's a good deal for Philly? And how do you think uh, Butler fits in with young guys like Embiid and Simmons in Philly? With Philly, dude, it's... Uh, I mean, I was shocked at the trade. I didn't think Philly would do it. But uh, it's done, and uh, I think um, in time... Uh, in time, I say probably like five, ten games. Uh, he will, um, the team will do better uh, with him. He'll be more adjusted. But uh, I, I, I can do. I can say one thing for sure: uh, Philly lost a lot of depth on its bench um, with that trade, and that could be um, that could be a potential um, a thorn in the side when it comes to the playoffs, unless Philly decides to make other changes. I mean, uh, other trades, uh, other pickups for veterans. I mean, that's, that is possible down the road. So, I mean, as of right now, I don't think it was a good move because you're also looking, I mean, you have the, uh, the young kids, right? You have uh, Simmons, um, Fultz is still there. I, I'm surprised he, they didn't trade him in, the, uh, in that trade. He's there, and then um, who's the other guy they have there? But, I mean, you... But, but you still come down to the same problem, you know. The problem is with uh, what was in Minnesota with this guy Butler. You know, is he going to erupt? 
at some point, is he going to have enough with the team, especially playing with, with younger players now? Is he gonna, because it, uh, that was the same thing in Minnesota. He was getting upset of like uh, these players making mistakes and so on on the game. And if this happens here, who knows what's going to happen? But um, did he say he's going to resign, or he did, or is that waiting till off season? Well, yeah, he's he's just he's going to become a free agent in the off season. So I mean, the Sixers are taking okay. a chance okay. here, and yeah. they basically said we're going to give up Covington and Saric for a chance to contend to make a finals appearance and win a title possibly and build around yeah. our two young guys and add a veteran guy like Butler along with them. So that's basically what their mindset is. Yeah. But the thing is, it's, it's the same thing, dude. It's, I mean, you have still... With Philly, my only concern is can they shoot, especially Simmons. Simmons and Fultz, both point guards, but they always have trouble with their shots. I mean, can they make that shot in, in the playoffs when, they, when it counts? You see what I'm saying? If you have uh, um, Embiid, uh, Butler, um, who's the other starter? I think Redick. Redick, yeah. And, uh, yeah, Redick. I don't know. If those guys get into foul trouble during, the, let's say, a playoffs or even a, uh, a NBA game, who's going who's to pick up the scoring? You see what I'm saying? I mean, uh, I think they lost a lot of depth on the bench with this trade. I mean, we'll see what happens if they make up any more pickups towards the um, uh, towards the season as it goes. But as of right now, I think it's it's going to take some time. But they have the potential to be a very good team. I mean, the potential is there, but can they all pick it up? Can they all play as a team? That we'll see in time. Okay, fair enough. Uh, rebound. What what are your thoughts on the trade? Uh, you think who do you think won ultimately the trade? Ultimately, I think it's a tough one. I would have to say Philly won the trade, but it's all going to depend on how Jimmy Butler blends in with the team because he didn't like uh, to be in Minnesota because he wasn't the man because Carl Anthony Towns was the man. And with Philly, uh, we I think we all can agree that uh, Embiid and Simmons are over Butler, Embiid for sure. No, no, hands down. Maybe Butler over Simmons, but I'll still take Simmons over Butler. And I don't know how he's going to handle that. I think what what Butler's uh, frustration was in Minnesota was that he had young guys in Wiggins and Towns who were not really developing and were not really showing that aggressive type, young type tenacity to kind of... uh, make a big step in their career. I don't know what we'll see here with Embiid and Simmons, but Embiid, they're obviously kind of around the same age or a little younger than the guys in Minnesota, uh, Towns and Simmons. Towns and Wiggins, excuse me. But, I mean, Simmons obviously is a complete package other than his jump shot. Obviously, what if he figures that out, I mean, the league is pretty much in trouble. And he can pretty much do everything else on the floor, defend, ball handle, facilitate, to get to the rim. Uh, obviously, his jumper is definitely lacking. There's no getting around that. He needs to definitely fix that. But, uh, I mean, how does how do they coexist, Simmons and uh, Butler? Because, I mean, Simmons is the type of guy that needs the ball in his hand, and then Butler is kind of ball-dominant as well. So is there kind of any... Uh, kind of inner conflict there or how do you see them kind of meshing together rebound 
don't know. It's going to be tough. Uh, I just don't know if Jimmy Butler is going to be blending in or not. So I hope it, I hope it works. I mean, they're definitely a better team with Jimmy Butler than it was worth the risk, even if it's not, even if it doesn't work out. But they, they said he, they want to resign him. So that's going to be a tough call. And I don't know if he's going to get along with Markel Fultz. So it's going to be, his coaching is going to be hard. So we'll see what, what happens. Okay, another thing, I mean, what I mean, this Fultz situation is really, really odd and becoming really weird. I mean... At some point, I mean, they're gonna have to try to or try to deal him, right? I mean, at the by the trade deadline, I mean, who who are some possible candidates that they can possibly acquire for a guy like Markel Fultz? What do you think, Rebound? I really don't know her. He's a bust at this point, pretty much. And like, who who is someone gonna give up for him? I don't even know. Like, like Shay, if you if, if you if you're the Celtics GM, who do you give up for Fultz? Hello? Akshay, you there? Oh, you, oh, you, oh, you're asking me, but I got a screw in your conversation. Uh, if, I was a, if I was Danny Ainge, dude, I mean, uh, I don't know who I'd give up for false. I think false is not a proven commodity at this point. You know, he hasn't proven a damn thing. <laughs> what is, he, I mean, the only thing he's proven to me is that he can't shoot. You know, that's, that's it. It's just like Ben Simmons' uh, jump shot. That's the only thing he, he's proven so far. I mean, eventually, let's say if he does pick up his game, he does, uh, uh, let's say he, he picks up his game, he, he gets a, a reliable shot, um, you know, um, and they do decide to trade him, you you have to look at teams that need a point guard. And then the number one team that comes to me is, is the Phoenix Suns. I mean, they're desperate for a point guard. You know, um, would that be a possible trade option? I think so. But this all, uh, I think, is uh, I think for that to happen, uh, false has to up his game. I mean, <laughs> right now he's not playing good at all, dude. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I mean, he, up until the draft, uh, I actually thought the Celtics would take him at the, uh, at the number one pick, but I'm, I'm so glad they they traded the number pick and, and they picked up Tatum. But I mean, at this point, I don't know, dude. I mean, I guess it, it's sort of another a, a wait and see option with them. Just like how Philly, we got to wait and see what happens with uh, with a Butler, and now we got to wait and see what happens with uh, with Fault. Okay, and then actually, uh, with their new uh, nucleus, I mean, their starting lineup now, obviously, rightly so, they have Redick in the starting lineup now, along with Simmons at the point guard, and then Butler and Wilson Chandler at the forward spots, and then Embiid as the center. Uh, as a Celtics fan. Any concern now that they may dethrone the Celtics and possibly take the number one spot in the East and represent the East in the finals? What do you think? I mean, they're, honestly, bro, I mean, if you add a guy like Butler, I mean, uh, um, uh, I don't know how many times All-Star, but he's, he, he's one of the better players in the league. You know, I mean, you add a guy like him to, to Philly, which already has Embiid, uh, which already has Simmons. I mean, um, Jory has Redick on the team. You know, uh, you definitely think uh, uh, the 76ers got a whole lot better. You know, I mean, uh, now I think they can, uh, I mean, the Celtics always played the Philly really well. I think now it's going to be a lot tougher for them. But the, but my only concern and is um, 
is their bench, bro. I mean, if Philly gave up two good players who were role players on their bench uh, in that trade, and now who's going to who's going to step up in this trade? I mean, uh, can Simmons get a shot? Can Fultz get a shot? You know, I mean, I think there's a lot of um, how would I say it? There's a lot of uh, cons right now, um, which are sort of uh, overbearing the pros at this time. But if they can get the shot, I mean, it's a long season. Season just began. If they can pick up the shot and uh, if they can get their shot, if they can find um, maybe veterans that want to come on the team and play off the bench, I mean, they definitely have a shot to take out the Celtics. But I think right now it's just uh, it's another thing, dude. It's just uh, it's a wait and see for me. I mean, we got to wait and see what happens. Okay, fair enough. Uh We'll, we'll see what happens, uh, how Butler fits in. Uh, Rebound, do you want to add anything else in regards to the trade? Nope. Uh, I still favor the Celtics to come out of the East. I just got to see them develop. Uh, the Sixers develop before I can say anything else, but I'm still picking the Celtics to come out of the East, and I, I don't see anything. Uh, I'm not going against that. I mean, everyone's on the Milwaukee bandwagon. Uh, I'm not buying it. Uh, everyone just jumps to conclusions really quickly at the start of the season, and so I'm not. I'm not that kind of person. I want to see one or two months, two, two to three months, excuse me, before I judge what's really going to happen. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I guess moving on to kind of uh, a Western Conference type storyline, uh, the first kind of kind of turmoil that we've seen in the Warriors dynasty. So we have uh, kind of a situation on in Monday night's game between Kevin Durant and Draymond Green. Some words exchange uh, got kind of heated. Uh, Draymond was not able to get a shot off at the end of the fourth quarter versus the Clippers, and that really infuriated Durant and some other teammates. And Durant and uh, Draymond uh, exchanged words and kind of went at it. So rebound... Uh, is there anything here or anything cryptic we can read from uh, this situation, or is this just uh, a, a normal occurrence between two competitive guys? I think it's a normal occurrence between two competitive guys, but Durant takes everything very emotionally. And if you watch the press conference after yesterday's game, you could just tell by the way he was talking and the body language his body language, things are not are not good at all. And I think that the Warriors suspended Draymond just to make it look good for him. Okay. Akshay, uh, what, what's your take on the situation? Uh, have you seen the video? Uh, have you read anything in regards to it? What, what do you think happened there with Duran and Draymond? And how do you think uh, they react from this moving forward as a team? I read about it, bro. I mean, uh, I read about it. I, I didn't see it. Uh, the actual thing, uh, I didn't care to see it on the on the news as well. But I, I, I think it's just uh, how would you say it's just boys being boys, bro. You know, I, I think they're they're, they're both competitive. Uh, I know Durant. Um, at the end of the game, he wanted um, maybe the ball to take it, to take the last shot. I think that's how it was planned to be. Where uh, where. Um, um, uh, where uh, the ball was going to be given to him for the last shot, but then uh, it, it didn't happen. 
You know, I mean, unfortunately, that's that. Uh, that's what it is at this point. And, and uh, I think uh, eventually, uh, Durant, I think he's becoming a little more unhappy. Maybe with the way the Warriors play, uh, I really don't know. Maybe his ego is coming out where he wants the ball more and hit more in, in his hands than uh, Steph Curry and the other team. I mean, and the other players. I mean, this could eventually lead to something down the road, but I think right now everything will be okay. And I think you give it another week or so, I think everything will return back to its normal flow. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, it, it, I think it's just part of the game. Yeah, I think this whole uh, thing of the Golden State Warriors uh, sitting out him, um, uh, him tonight for the game was to please Durant and was to get Durant happy again. So I don't think much of it. I mean, if this continues down the road and in the season, then I can potentially see something happening at uh, um, after the season. You know, um, or when Durant uh, has to resign or if he chooses to go somewhere else. But as right now, I don't think uh, uh, too much of it. Okay, yeah, fair enough. I mean, I probably got to tend to agree w- with you on this one, Akshay. I mean, I think stuff like this has probably happened lots of times. I mean, when you have someone like Draymond Green as your teammate, he's always an emotional high energy type guy that's really he wears his emotions on his sleeve that's how he plays and sometimes that spills out into messy confrontational type discussions and i think that's just what happened this time and this one obviously yeah, seems kevin durant's gotta have the ball in his hands especially when steph is not even playing i'm sorry to say that but uh, Dr- draymond green is a good player he's a he's a he's a Really big piece to the team, but Kevin Durant's got to have the ball in his hands. And I'm yeah, sure you guys can agree with this. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a good, a good point. He definitely has to have the ball in his hand. Yeah, uh, the play was set up that way where Green has the ball, he goes in, and he passes it back to Durant for the last shot. It didn't happen that way, but that was the, I believe that's how Steve Kerr had planned it. I think Durant was mad because he wanted to drive up the ball, too. That's why. Uh-huh. That's what it looked like. Because when you watch the replay, Durant is putting his hands out like asking. And then they probably went at it at, and on the bench. And I think Durant just thinks he, he's, the, he's the man there now because he won finals MVP twice. And Draymond Green's just saying he's not going to get bullied and treated like that, which is fair. I'm fine with that. Okay. Uh, any, I guess, truth to the notion that eventually after a while it probably becomes frustrating and annoying to play with someone like Draymond Green, and that's kind of what's happening here with Kevin Durant. Uh, he's eventually becoming sick of that, or the Warriors as a whole organization are becoming sick of Draymond Green and eventually deal him, and he's the odd man out here. What do you think, Rebound? I don't know if it's annoying to play with him because I, I don't know Draymond Green personally, so I, I really can't vouch on that. But he's one of those players that are going to be like crazy, uh, get emotional, like Dennis Rodman type of player. And that's just the way he is. That's the way he plays. Uh, I don't know if they will trade him. I don't think they will. I think Durant is leaving in free agency. I've already mentioned that before, all this drama I mentioned it in the summer. 
And I, I don't know what's going to happen, but if they get a great deal for Draymond, uh, could I see them trading him and making pleasing KD? Possibly. I don't know, but I don't think they're going to break up the core that won back-to-back championships. Okay. Fair enough. We'll see what happens there. Obviously, too early to tell with that team. I mean, you got to give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt due to the run that they've had and due to the fact that this is really uh, the only, the first like hiccup that they've had in their four year, four or four and a half year run so far. So, yeah, we'll give them max BOD on this one. I, I definitely will. But I guess rebound, going to your team, the Lakers. Uh, through the first 13 games, what have you liked so far? What have you not liked? And what do you see moving forward? Uh, everything I've liked besides the defense. I knew I knew they were going to start slow. If you, if, most people have followed LeBron closely because everyone either hates him or loves him, and he's on the news every time. So you watched him when he went to Miami. He, he had... Bosch and Wade, and they started slow. And then when he came back to Cleveland, they started slow. And now they're starting to pick up the pace. And I think adding Tyson Chandler was a big, big deal. According to some stories uh, that they were saying, LeBron told the, the Suns GM to buy him out so he could come to the Lakers. I mean, I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, let's, let's see. And uh, I think they are where they are. They've won some. They've won games. They're picking it up now. They're currently playing the Blazers right now, and they're up seven. LeBron has eighteen, six, and four. And everyone's just hating on LeBron that he's starting off slow. The guy's averaging twenty-seven, eight, and eight. Well, what, 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 what fucking more do you want from him? Like seriously. Okay. Probably the most pressing question of all. Uh... Why do Kobe fans uh, make it a point to is it say that he Kobe could, would make every free throw in some sort of situation whenever LeBron misses one? Uh, what what does Kobe have to do with with this? And why does why does uh, why do they have to make it a point every time saying that Kobe would never miss free throws in these types of situations? Uh, it's re- I don't know what it is with LeBron, but he's just really bad at free throws in crunch time. Missing it twice. But- and in two crunch times, that's really bad. And then, you know, there's just Kobe, there's Kobe fans are worse just saying, you know, there's the Kobe-LeBron comparison. I'm a diehard Kobe fan. I've already admitted LeBron's better. So, and But they're saying Kobe would make that because you always do the Kobe-LeBron comparison. Okay, Akshay, as a Celtic fan on the outside in on this, are are you kind of sitting back laughing at this whole situation? What do you think? No, no, no. I'm not laughing at all, bro. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> laughing about it, you know? I mean, uh, I think to answer your question about the whole Kobe thing is, uh, I mean, Kobe gave up his... Uh, dude, if you look at Kobe, he gave up uh, pretty much a lot for the Lakers, dude. I mean, uh, that's what a, a lot of uh, diehard Laker fans... Will never uh, see LeBron the same way as they see Kobe, and that's what I, I think gets them a little angry too. That LeBron's coming in, they're crowning him the uh, the king of Los Angeles with the win, but he hasn't done a damn thing yet. He hasn't won a title yet. I mean, uh, I think Kobe to the Lakers is their person that they uh, they um, that they cherish because for what he's done to the team, and then LeBron comes in and. 
to bring his act and then uh, he hasn't done anything. He's only proclaiming this. Uh, the media is also saying he's putting a lot into this. And I think that's what sort of angers um, the Laker fans. I mean, I think they have a right to be angry over that. You know, they with the mural they put up, then it got taken, then it got vandalized and all this stuff. And, you know, I mean, if you... Um, um, I'm not a Laker fan, but uh, I can totally imagine it, dude. If you're a diehard Laker fan, you grew up watching Kobe. Uh, Kobe retires, and now LeBron comes in, and then he hasn't he hasn't done anything yet. And then everybody seeing him as the next hero in Los Angeles, I think um, uh, the fans have a right to be upset. Yeah, I agree with you, Shay. But Zeeshan, Zeebo's point is. Of why, of when LeBron misses his free throws, why do Kobe, why do Laker fans say Kobe would have made it? Like, and I, my point was everyone yeah. compares the LeBron Kobe argument. Well, because Kobe was clutch, dude. In the fourth quarter, he was clutch. You know what? Mm, nah, I, I think we can argue against that. I mean, that that that's a he has a perceived clutchness, but what reality is? I mean, I don't. Well, that that'll probably tell you otherwise, but. That's true. That's the true. numbers will tell you otherwise. I think most of his clutch brand is based on a lot of perception, and uh, you can't really shake off that perception somehow. The the misses and the clutch situations don't really stick to Kobe as much. I don't know why, but that's just the reality of it. But <laughs> it's in regards to that. I mean, Kobe has missed free throws in playoff games and in and uh, pressure type situations. And for Kobe fans to go on Twitter to say all this crap, talking about LeBron missing some free throws in a meaningless game versus Atlanta, it's just a bunch of crap. And I, I, LeBron, I mean, what? at this point in his career, doesn't deserve a crap like that. It's just a bunch of bullshit. No, no, I agree with you. I agree with you there, you know, but I, I just think that uh, if you look at uh, their careers, Kobe and uh, LeBron, okay? I mean, look at their creeds, look at the clutch shots they made, look at the teams they played on. I mean, Kobe played on the Lakers, he had, he had Shaq, and sometimes, um, I mean, he played by himself, he was going on the team. But Le- everywhere LeBron has been, he's had, like, superstars around him. I think Kobe has had more talent around him through the entirety of his career than LeBron has. I don't. I don't think I'm making a bold statement by saying that. So. You can argue either way on that one. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, Kobe did everything, dude. You know, Kobe I mean, had he Shaq, was... Shaq, Gasol, and who? Who else is is it? Yeah, because she had Shaq, Gasol. He had. Uh, yeah, Peyton um, and Malone at the end of their careers. Yeah. Ron Artest. Now, I forget. I forget the others who they had. If you want to vouch for Derek Fisher and Robert Ory, is he had Brian Shaw. I mean, he had he, he, Phil Jackson, dude. He was one of the greatest coaches ever. Yeah, but well, we're talking about player. teammates right now, not coaches. So, I mean, the best teammate that LeBron probably ever had was probably Wade for about two or three seasons. Wade at the tail end of his prime. So, yeah. I, I don't think that really compares to what, what Kobe had. So, Well, you... Well... LeBron had four All-Stars. You, you, I can name them off the top of my head right now. They were clearly All-Stars with him. Hello? Who are they? Yeah, Wade, Bosch, LeBron, K. 
Kevin Love, Kyrie. I mean, Kobe, I mean, <laughs> but that that wasn't in, on one team, though. I mean, that was... Yeah, but what we're ta- I, I named all the stars with Kobe on his career, too, didn't I? Yeah, so, I mean, I, if, you, if you look at... I'm the, doing the same for LeBron. If you look at the collection of talent, I mean, I don't think it's a bold statement to say that Kobe has played with more talent in his career than Hey, who, who do you take? The Kobe stars or the LeBron stars? Who's played with very talent? Let's, let's debate it. I, I mean, if I have to say it, I'm going to say, uh, I'd say uh, LeBron's played with more talent than, I think, Kobe, that, except for Shaq. Shaq's a big name in Shaq there. Really, Akshay, well, I, yeah, yeah. Well, you can't just, you can't just erase was, Shaq oh, out of the equation. If I, if I take Shaq out of the equation, I think uh, uh, LeBron has played with more stars than Kobe. Has. Even with Shaq in the equation, well, I mean, he's got four All-Stars. No, I, I, I agree with you, dude. I, I, and the I veterans, too, he had Ray Allen in Miami to the tail end of his prime. No, no, I totally agree with you, dude. Yeah, I, mean, I agree with you. I, I think they both yeah, played with totally talented players, but I think Kobe definitely has played with more talent, more talent around him. Especially, oh, wait, no, I'm, I'm going. Kobe, no. Kobe has not carried teams to the level that LeBron has. I don't think I'm say. I don't think that's an outrageous statement. He has not overachieved with teams. He he's done good with loaded teams. But he's never overachieved with teams like LeBron has. Has Kobe ever overachieved with the team? LeBron has has had more talent. Uh, that's debatable. That's but... my. There's four uh, all stars I just named. No, that's four all stars. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, all time. I mean, who are you taking? Pau Gasol or Kevin Love or Chris Bosh? That's pretty debatable. I'd probably go Bosch, honestly. I don't. I think probably Pau Gasol. You got to take probably number one out of those three. Oh, you're just saying that you you were always fucking saying, "Oh, Bosch is better than Gasol when he was on the Lakers." No, I Bosch, Bosch, and Gasol are pretty comparable. But what I think what sets apart Gasol now is the durability. Bosch does not have that durability. I think he'll still be a Hall of Famer, but Bosch is better than Gasol. No question. No, no one even knew who fucking Pau Gasol was before he came to the Lakers. Mm. Every fan didn't know. Pau Gasol was pretty important to that that Lakers championship run. Yes, he was. I agree, but I'm just saying an average fan didn't know who Pau Gasol was before he came to the Lakers. Yeah, but I mean that doesn't that doesn't mean he's not a talented player and a, a surefire Hall of Famer. Hey, who's better, Chris Bosh or Gasol? In your in your opinion, for their career or Kevin? Yeah, Shea. Uh, Chris Bosh or who else? Paul Gasol? Yeah. I'm, I would say all-around, all-around player, I, I'm i going with Gasol uh, in this matter because I think Gasol, at the time he played, he was a very good player. I mean, he played multiple positions. He was able to shoot from the, uh, the, uh, the three-point line consistently. You know, so he was able to be all, all over the court. I, you know what? Um, about the same. Okay. Bosch, okay. Bosch and Gasol are the same. Then you get Kevin Love. You get Kevin Love and Kyrie when you go to your second team. Kobe never had an all-star point guard. 
Period. What all-star big man did Shaq or LeBron ever play with? Did you, do you know the fucking name Kevin Love? Do, do you not understand English? No, center. Center. Yeah, Dominating see, center like Shaq. Look up, go look online right now. He's a center. He's a power forward slash center. No, what, is there a dominating center like Shaq that LeBron ever played with? Yeah, the game has changed, you know. No, I mean, the, the game has changed in the last five years. LeBron has been in the league since 03. From 03 to 13, how, how many dominating centers has he played with? Not many, but he's, he's played with more All-Stars than, than Kobe. Uh, I mean, I, I, all-timer, I don't, I don't really think, from an overall career standpoint, I think Kobe has the edge and talent around him. And then... I think Kobe, uh, I think, benefited early on in his career with talent around him more than LeBron did, for sure. Because, I mean, Kobe was, I mean, wasn't the best player on his team probably till his seventh season of his career, so. And in regards to the, the, the clutchness, uh, do you agree that Kobe uh, is kind of over-perceived in that LeBron aspect? LeBron has, the game seven put him ahead. I'll give him that. He's more clutch. I'll give him that. Okay. But the thing is, another reason most Kobe fans say Kobe's more clutch because a lot of times LeBron passes the ball on the last shot. And Akshay can vouch for that. No, but... The- no, I, I agree with you, dude. I totally agree with you. Kobe won the ball in, in, in his hands at the, last, at the last shot in the game, and he got the ball, and, and he produced. Okay, but... That's Ron fine, but isn't, isn't passing to teammates and setting up teammates for game-winning shots, isn't that part of being clutch? Or what's your no, what's your definition of clutch? Making making shots at the end of games? Well, I mean, what is, clutch is being making the shot when, it, when it's needed. It doesn't, have, it doesn't have to be at the end of the game. It can be any time during the game. You make the shot when your team needs it. You see me? And that also can include free throws. I mean, LeBron, I don't think... LeBron definitely is up there. But I don't think he's reached Kobe's level yet. I mean, he, he has he has had hit more game winners in the playoffs than Kobe. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's true. No, no, I, I agree. Now, I agree with you. That, that's, uh, that is true. But in my mind, I don't think he's at the level of Kobe just yet. Okay, so your definition... What's your definition of clutch? What, what's your criteria when you base it... When you base that opinion... Is it numbers based? Oh, is, it, is it eye test? Is it perception? What is, is it? Reputation that they've built? What is it? I think if there, if there, it's number one for me is reputation. You know, it's um, it's also okay. So it's, it's reputation. It has nothing to do with who actually hits game winners and who doesn't. Well, no, no. It's 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 not reputation. It's also your stats. I mean, how many game winners have you hit? How many have you uh, have you not hit? I mean, are you there in the clutch? Okay? I mean, they say this way, this way. They say uh, the better players in the fourth quarter, they become different players. They take over the, uh, that quarter. Uh, I mean, Kobe did that pretty much all his career. I mean, not all his career, but towards uh, a, a good amount of his, of his career. He took over in the fourth quarter. Kobe's shooting percentages are very bad in, in clutch moments in the playoffs. Very bad. Just look them up. I mean, yeah, I, I, 
I, I, I will look them up, you know, <laughs> I mean, uh, to find out what his clutch were. But for the games I've seen, because I grew up in that time watching Kobe play, um, watching the Lakers play, I mean, I, I, I've seen clutch shots on him, you know. I, I've seen him against the Celtics when he made clutch shots in the fourth quarter, and, so, and, and those are in my mind. With big, LeBron, biggest game of Kobe's yeah, life, was, Akshay, against your Celtics, that was probably one of the worst games I've game sevens I've seen by a superstar. They did win the I mean, yeah, that game. Uh, but. Yeah, I agree. He was also playing with a fucked up finger. I just think right now, dude, I mean, in my mind, i just seen Kobe be more clutch at certain times during the game. I think LeBron has been clutch too. But I, I, I don't think he's at the level of Kobe just yet. Okay, that's fine. I mean, but I, I just want to know what you're basing it on. It's what you... I test? Is that what... No, no, no. I'm basing it on pretty much... I'm basing it on what he's done in the fourth quarter. I mean, if you're basing it on LeBron, that, LeBron's done way more in the fourth quarters in, in the playoffs than Kobe has. That, that's I mean, that's like, factual. Can you give so, me an example? Okay, I mean, LeBron has hit more game-winning shots in the playoffs. He shot a better percentage. And he's probably done it. He's probably hit more game winners in less shot attempts than Kobe has throughout their playoff careers. Of course, I mean, I mean, can you give me an example? Instead of just saying that he has, I need to have examples. You know, like in what games, in, in what clutch games? Okay, so uh, the first, uh, I mean, he actually hit a uh, a game winner in the third his third career playoff game against the Wizards. On the road, he hit one that same series, game five against the Wizards. Then I, I believe he hit a he hit a game winner and scored like the last twenty five points of his team against that Detroit team in 07. Um, he hit a game winner against Orlando in 09. He hit a game winner against the Bulls, I believe, in in two thousand eleven. Uh, in 2011, also in the semifinals, Game Five against Boston, he scored the last ten points of the game to clinch that series. Uh, he scored a game winner against Indiana. I think he had that block against what Golden State. He had another game winner against Chicago in 2015. So, I think I mean the 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 amount of game winners I think. Outnumbers Kobe's game winners in the, in the playoffs. Okay. Uh, yeah, it do, it does because LeBron has had more talent as we discussed earlier. More talent. Okay. <laughs> That's why he he's probably he's probably been favored in what two finals in his career, and he's been to nine, so he's probably had more talent. Yeah. He's the one who started the whole fucking big three thing of teaming up with teammates. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so, what do you see for the Lakers this year rebound? I mean, wh- wh- where do you think they ultimately end the up at the end of the finals? Take it to the bank. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I can. I think that's been enough about the NBA. A lot of talk. Good luck to the Lakers. Uh, good luck to the Warriors sorting out their situation, and good luck to the Sixers. With, Sorry, uh, Clippers. All right, yeah, we'll see what happens with the Clippers. I mean, they've had a good start, but no, we'll... Clippers are, 
I have to. Uh, I have to be honest with you. Clippers are. Uh, I think next year, dude. If, uh, if if they have enough, if they have enough money for two uh, big name free agents, and uh, I know if uh, if a Kawhi is yep, leaving Kawhi Toronto, can come there. Going to we, Clippers, don't, we don't though. want Kawhi. I think Clippers. I mean, a Kawhi is a perfect situation. I think Jerry Wells is taking over, dude. The Clippers. I think he he's. I think he's making a lot of changes. I think uh, the Clippers are, are doing well now. I mean, they're heading in the right direction. And if Jerry West can get a, a guy like Kawhi to come over, who knows what will happen, dude. You know, I think uh, uh, the sky's the limit for, for, uh, for Jerry West right now. I mean, uh, look what he's done. Look at his track record with Golden State, dude. I mean, <laughs> basically he built the Golden State team. You know, now he, he's with the Clippers. Now he has more reins. He has more. Um, he has more authority to make moves now. The Clippers have a, a boatload of cash coming in for next season. So we'll see, dude. But I think uh, uh, the Clippers are going to make a statement next year. Okay, definitely. I definitely hope they do. We'll see what happens with that. But uh, I guess that'll wrap it up for th- this podcast. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Always a pleasure, guys. Yeah, thank you for having me, bro. Having me. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Enjoy all the Week 11 games and enjoy the NBA action moving forward. Thank you, guys.